0: You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So yesterday we finished chapter eight, dealing with the kinds of things that we can do and can't do with seventh year produce. Now we're going to start the penultimate chapter of the Mishnah, which is the law of removal. Getting stuff out of our house when there's, um, gosh, when there's no more left in the fields. We're going to begin by asking what kinds of food can be traded. But we'll see this is very closely connected to what kinds of food require removal. So the first Mishnah, if you like, is a bridge between the last chapter, which dealt extensively in the kind of things we can do and can't do with seventh year produce and trading it. So we're going to bridge the last chapter and then before we get into the real issue of removal why do we need to remove why do we need to remove food from our house well we know we can take seventh year food is ownerless, so we can pick it up in the field and we can take it into our house but the text says and this is again from bahar the food is we had this, pos- this verse before. The food is for you to eat. But the, then the verse goes on to say, And for your animals. And it's for the wild animals in your land. Shall be all the produce to eat. And the Sifra is going to learn out of this that we can eat or humans can eat as long as the beasts in the field can eat, the wild beasts, the wild animals. And pay close attention to the language. It says, It's the wild animals in your land. As long as there's enough stuff lying around for them to eat, we can eat. And we're going to see when we look at the Mishnah, that local geography rules. So the point where we have to take food out of our house, stored food out of our house and put it back in the field, it Hefka again, depends on the availability in our land where we live. Let's have a look at the Mishnah. So the Mishnah starts with a whole bunch of foods. Hapegam, um, Beha Yarbuson, Beha Shotim, ha Hagla Gokit, Huspar, Rue, Goosefoot, Purslane, Hill, Coriander, Celery, Meadow Berries, they're exempt from tithes. These are, are um, basically desert kind of plants that grow everywhere. They're ownless. And we can purchase them from anyone during the sabbatical year and i and just to explain i don't think i can explain this better than the rambam does the rambam begins his commentary on this chapter of the mishnah by saying i brought it onto the source sheet i mean, it's on the source it's sitting there at the head of your source sheet but let's just have a look at it and I mean, he's very interesting he says look let's first of all explain the essence of this mishnah and then we'll explain each word and he goes on and explains actually it translates all these weird plants and he reminds us that we need to know that seventh year produce are is forbidden to be stored or hidden away or traded and if someone sold any of them the money obtained would be seventh year money and forbidden to be stored or hidden away or traded as we've explained and we've studied all this in the eighth chapter the only thing we can do with that money is buy food and then eat it with the holiness of the seventh year and the Rambam goes on to say look it's forbidden to give seventh year money to an Am Haaretz and Am Haaretz we could translate as ignoramus but it, it's someone who's not careful about mitzvot and the Rambam says we can't give seventh year money to an Am because he might perhaps store it away or hide it or not use it to buy food right the money's got to be used to buy food and so when we see an amhaaretz selling fruits in the seventh year if these fruits are among the things which people normally store like figs or grapes or wheat one can't buy from him even at reduced prices because someone who buys from him is giving him seventh year money sorry there's a typo there 70 there's a typo of that i'll fix it so if we see him selling figs and dates and stuff like that, which is stored, we can't give him the money. But the Rambam explains, this is the key to the Mishnah. If the fruits are among the things that normally grow ownerless in desert places, things which are just sprout in the desert, it's completely permitted to buy from him at reduced prices, a quantity that give one food for three meals. We know you can store up on the seventh year food for three meals. So we can give him money. He can keep the money for three meals. And and in, in reverse, one doesn't sell more than three meals quantity of fruit to an Amaretz right? because he might store it up and hide it away against the law. So now we see really where the first mission is coming from. This whole list of desert, desert, plants, rue, goosefoot, purslane, hill, korea, all this stuff, they're exempt from tithes, they're ownerless, and we can purchase them from anyone. We can even purchase them from an Amar Aretz because that produce is not usually stored. And Rabbi Yudah is a bit more relaxed. He says, look, you can also buy aftergrowths of mustard because transgressors aren't suspected of storing them. And Rabbi Shimon says, look, you can buy any sort of sprouting growths with the exception of cabbage. And the Chachamim say, no, all the aftergrowths are forbidden because we don't know whether they're ownerless or not. When sorry, when the sages say all aftergrowths are forbidden, the context of this Mishnah is forbidden to buy from anyone, because we we just don't know we don't, if we're buying from a, just anybody from an Am'arris, we don't know where what he's going to do with the money, and we don't know where the fruits come from. So that's the first Mishnah. In chapter nine, and this, if you like, is the bridge with chat. I mean, this the material found, sounds familiar to us, right, from everything we've learned in terms of trading with seventh-year produce in the eighth chapter. But the so Mishnah then moves. There's a new purpose. I don't know. Maybe just stuff that's done. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you? I'm sorry. <laughs> I was talking. So, but then, so so this is familiar to us, right, from sort of stuff we've learned in the eighth chapter about trading but the mishnah is now going to move and it's going to now talk geography and we're now we're getting into biur shalosh ara aratzot la biur the law of removal has three territories and they're yudah eiver Hayarden, eiver ha-Yarden is is trans- i'm using the safari translation here trans- they said trans jordan it's the other side of the jordan the east of the jordan veha galil and galil so there are three territories judah transjordan and galil think about it, south east and north and the mishnah goes on there are three and it's going to enumerate these there are three territories in each one there's upper galil lower galil in the valley and you know from kvar Khanania upwards is upper galil from kvar Khanania downwards is lower galil and the borders of Tiberia is, is the valley. We call it the valley today, by the way, Emek Yisrael. And then in Yehuda, you've got the mountain region, the plains and the valley, and the plains of Lud are like the plains of the south. And there's a region called um, the King's Mountain, Har HaMelech, I'm not sure where this is. And then from Beit Horon to the sea is considered one place. And the Mishnah asks, why did they speak of three territories? Now getting to the point here. Why did they speak? So they may eat in each country until the last of the seventh year produce in that country is ended. So in other words, we're going to local geography and local harvest. So if you're in the upper Galil, you can store... Um, if you're in the upper Galil you can store fruit in your house until that type of fruit is no longer in the field in the upper Galil you don't have to be driven by the seasons in the rest of the land and Rabbi Shimon says look you know they've spoken of three countries in the case of Yudah but all other countries are like um, Har HaMelech and the final comment <laughs> and apparently all other territories are the same with regard to olives and dates as if there's a sort of single geography for olives and dates and i must say i'm not sure why this is i'm I'm not sure why there's a single geography for olives and dates but with that we'll close we can go back more into this next week when we pick up in the middle of the ninth chapter i've had my 10 minutes or even a, a little longer so i'll stop talking now